0: I'm so happy we're starting a a, a new mini-series this afternoon. The title of the series, It's Time to Bear Fruit for His Glory. Amen? Praise God. And the sermon title is, The Secret of the Christian Life. Stay connected. And so if you have your Bibles, why don't you turn with me to John 15. I'm reading the ESV. We're going to read verses 1 through 8 this afternoon. John 15, verses 1 through 8. and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Great eight verses for us to examine and explore this afternoon. And just by way of structure, verses one to three correlate to our position within the vine, and verses four to eight shape and define our practice as branches in that vine. But what I will do this afternoon is break those eight verses down in blocks of two at a time. But as we go on this journey this afternoon, I want us to remember that branches bear fruit. They don't generate the fruit. They bear the fruit. Therefore, because Jesus is the vine and we are the branches, at the forefront of our thinking is that we are empowered to do those good works only through him. Can I get an amen in the house? Amen. We always know, don't we, in our lives that when... Something, we're helping something to grow, to flourish, to produce life, it, it is ultimately very, very satisfying. It's not always easy. It will require patience, tenacity, confidence, but it creates in us value and purpose and an outcome that ultimately cannot be shaped in short term fleeting desires. And so I'm going to take a moment this afternoon and really nail my colors to the mast living a life as a believer that is comprehensively committed to cultivating a heart that is solely focused on Christ is the very essence of our human life here on this earth. Why? Simply put, it is the exact reason that you and I were created to be and to do. Now, that obviously will provoke a question in our thinking, well, how do we bear fruit? How do we bear fruit perhaps as individuals, But of, of equal importance, if not more importance, is how do you and I, together, as a body of believers, bear fruit as a community? If you were to take this vine or branch metaphor and apply it to your current life, your current reality, what emerges in your thinking? What do you find cultivating in your own heart, in your own desires this afternoon? Let me briefly explain. Who we are and how we act are inextricably linked. They cannot be divorced from each other. There is no magical button that God can press that will automatically make every single one of us love each other the way that Jesus wants us to or to bear fruit in every single area of our lives just because we want to. Who we are and how we act are interrelated, but we cannot just flick that switch and allow something amazing to emerge. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to work in and through us. So verses one and two I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Now, the words I am are referenced in John's Gospel seven times I am the bread of life, I am the way, the truth, and the life. It's very, very clear here who the vine is. But it's interesting he uses the next word, true vine. So it's not just a vine, not one of 10, the true vine, which would automatically imply to us this afternoon that we can be connected or affiliated with things or people that were not meant to be connected. And that's something that we need to think about in our own lives. Our God is a perfect God. He is a perfect creator. He himself is the vine dresser. He makes that very clear in the second half of that verse, which means that he alone does the quality control in our hearts and in our lives. What is evident is that irrespective of whether you're bearing fruit or not, the sole purpose of the vine is to bear fruit. Amen? So what we see here ultimately in the first couple of verses is that there are two types of branches that are connected to the vine. One branch is producing fruit, he prunes it, and he prunes it for a reason, so that it may bear more fruit. Now, perhaps for a moment this afternoon, you're sitting here saying, well, you know, Scott, I've got through lockdown. I'm back at work. I've grown my cell. I'm being fruitful. I'm just flourishing in all that God has for you. Sometimes we go through things, and we wonder what is going on. Anyone bear witness to that? Anyone ask questions of God? It's important to ask questions of God, but not to question God Himself. But we find ourselves going through stuff in our lives or even as far as doubting Him. But I have good news for you. God's deepest desire is that you bear more fruit. That's why He is pruning you. Not to hurt you, but to grow you. Amen? And sometimes we need that pruning to be done in our lives in order to continue growing and bearing fruit. Don't avoid the pruning. There is a God-centered purpose to it. I encourage you, continue to live in obedience, continue to live in faithfulness to God, and you will bear fruit. Now, you might say, well, how do I do that? You trust in God. You trust that he is Lord, that he is sovereign, and he is in control of every aspect of your life at all times, even when it seems like he is not. But I think what is also of significance to us is that we need to get to know him more and more. The moment you think you know God, you prove that you don't know him. Because there's always more more to learn. There's always more to capture. There's always, always more to unpack of who he is as a father, as a healer, as a deliverer, as a king, as a prince of peace, as the Lord of your life. There is always more to capture. He loves you enough to do the pruning. Wow. Take a moment. That might hurt for one or two of us but he loves you enough to do the pruning. You ever had those group of friends that will tell you what you want to hear versus the friends that will tell you what you need to hear? There is a significant difference. I spent a large portion of my life prior to Christ hanging out with friends that would tell me what I wanted to hear in certain situations, not what I actually needed to hear. Get yourself around people that can speak life into you, that you permission to challenge you, in a healthy, godly way, not to beat you with the stick, not to bring you religion or condemnation, but to challenge areas of your character, parts of your heart, the unforgiveness, the frustrations, the anger, the bitterness that might be emerging in different situations. And when you know that God is using that person, your heart will melt because the Holy Spirit will be leading that person and the Holy Spirit in that person is witnessing to the Holy Spirit in you and the two merge and converge and then God is glorified because your heart is turned back to the Father. Your heart is turned back towards who he has called you to be. Never forget, any pruning in your life is always done with tender loving care by the master gardener. He knows exactly what to do to produce the best crop and the most growth in every area of your life. His ways are what? Higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. He knows best, Every single time, we have to trust the process. Amen. Are there any mothers in the house? Amen. Mo- biological mothers, spiritual mothers, can I see uh, some hands in the house? Amen. Praise God. So mothers, you would be able to tell me uh, all about the birthing process, the struggle, the trauma, the challenge of carrying a child for nine months, and then at the end of it, as you've trusted the process, that beautiful child is born and then you are able to give God all the glory and all the honor. Why? Because you trusted the process. In your life, trust the process where God is pruning you, where God is shaping you. Now let's take a moment and think about the non-fruit-bearing branch. Now I know that doesn't apply to anyone in KTLCC. Amen? But often you will find that the Lord places things or people in your life to help you grow more. Never avoid God's ways of maturing you. Have you ever found yourself in a certain place, in a certain situation where your only choice is to become more like Christ? Very difficult, challenging moments because you've got all your thoughts, all your inhibitions, all the things that you think are right and pertinent to you in that moment, and then you've got God's way. And we need to find a way of divorcing the two and embracing God's way because that's the only way we're going to grow. Anything that's healthy grows. Anything healthy that grows every single time. And so if there's a particular area of your life that isn't growing, it's something that you could perhaps think about addressing. There is always a cutting aspect of the process of something being cut off. People, perhaps, we find ourselves doing that with friends that we used to have friendships with. It's easy to cut them off because they're not doing what we want them to do. They're not being who we want them to be, but actually... We need to ask ourselves very, very serious questions about who or what God has called us to be. And as I was preparing for this, it it spoke to my own heart. Who has God called me to be? What am I called to be? What is my calling? What fruit is God wanting me to bear, not produce, bear in my own life? And when you start to do that self examination, when you start to explore, you actually find a few of the chinks, a few of the challenges. A few of the areas that perhaps need a little bit of tender, loving pruning because they've been there for a little bit and they're not really changing. And it's quite humbling in your own life when you see that. And so in your life, you should be looking at areas where you're not bearing fruit and you should have an honest conversation with yourself and the Holy Spirit and say, hey, there's some stuff I need to address. There's some things I need to rectify. There's some things that need to be cut out of my life. Simply put, for God to do and complete what he needs to do in your life, we must accept the fact that we need to learn and receive from the Holy Spirit. I mean, heaven help us. God spoke through a donkey. Amen. God can speak through absolutely anything and anyone at any point. Don't be so arrogant or proud to think that God can't use the person next to you to minister to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Verses 3 and 4 now. Already you are clean. Because of the word that I have spoken to you, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. God employs certain scenarios and situations in our lives that will cause us to hear and obey his word. He uses his word to confront our fleshly attitudes, and our selfishness. Have you ever found yourself in a moment where you know that you have to listen to God? Could be, he's waking you up at three o'clock in the morning and you're like, I'm tired. I wanna spend time sleeping and resting. He's like, oh, now I have your full and undivided attention, right? Because often we can be so busy in our Christian walk, doing so many different things at work, Zoom meetings, anyone, one or two, (laughs) right? That we don't actually make time for God and he's desperate to speak to us. He's always wanting to download something into our spirit, but too often we're not listening. And so he will put us in certain scenarios and situations that cause us to hear and obey his word. Were you a bit like me? Did you bring a little bit of luggage? A little bit of luggage from your old life into your life post being a Christian? I brought more than any of you, I guarantee it. Uh, There are some people here that can definitely testify to that. Remember that God accepts us in his grace. God does not expect us to, quote, clean up our act and then present ourselves ready to be used by him. He accepts us just the way we are, but through his process of sanctification, God cuts out the old man or the old woman from our lives. That is the process of cleaning, uh, pruning and cleaning us up. And here's some other news. I'm really disappointed to share this with you, but get used to it. It's a lifelong process process the pruning. So get used to it. It doesn't happen once and that's it. It continues throughout our Christian journey. He continues it repeatedly and often and slowly and surely God's word starts to fill our hearts, fill our lives, cleanses us and ultimately then causes us to bear fruit. I love the word abide. The dictionary definition is continuing without change, enduring, steadfast, Jesus said to abide in me, which means that we maintain a living daily communion with him, unbroken fellowship with him. That is our responsibility in Christ. Now, just by way of uh, information, John uses the word abide more than 50 times in his writings, 11 times alone, just in John 15. Simply put, when you're abiding in him, you are persevering, You are strong. You are steadfast. The challenges and storms of your life, whenever they emerge, will never bring any challenges to you because you're continually, daily, abiding in him. Not Sundays or 20 minutes before my cell meeting. Every single day, you're abiding in the Father's love. You're saturating yourself. You're filling yourself in his love. And as that happens every single day in your heart and in your life, fruit is going to start to bear. The heart that Jesus has, you're going to start to have. The compassion that Jesus has, you are going to start to have. Amen? The kindness, the meekness, the integrity, the purity, not just of body, but of mind as well. Everything that Jesus represents, you will start to represent. Why? Because you're continually abiding in the Father's love. That's the goal. That's the ultimate goal for every single one of us. Jesus looks for his own life to be replicated or reproduced in our lives. And so if you were to take a moment in your own life and ask yourself the question, where are you in that journey? If we were to explore and examine your life or my life, would it replicate Jesus? Are we abiding each day? Because he wants to produce the life of the vine in the branches, So the single most important thing in your life is that intimate abiding relationship with Christ. And ultimately, friends, it's our position and our responsibility in Christ. You in me and I in you. That is simply everything that Jesus did for the Father. Him in me, me in you. Two things ultimately stand out in these verses. Yes, there are things to be done. There's activities, there's work, there's There's things that we've got to work towards in our lives. That's a, a passivity that we have to acknowledge, that we are to abide in Christ. That is something active, something that we need to do. However, we also need to let him abide in us, and that's passive. That's something that we allow him to do in and through us, which provokes another question. How open are you to the Lord abiding in you today? Has your heart grown cold? Have you become despondent, disappointed, in disarray because of the challenges in your own life that you're not quite so open to abiding in him. I encourage you, get back connected. Amen? Simply put, both of those relationships are crucial if we want to live a life of victory in Christ. Verse 5 and 6, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is. That bears much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. Now, the stark contrast of these two verses cannot be lost on us today. We are again reminded that Christ is the vine, we are the branches. This speaks so clearly to the hundreds of conscious and subconscious. Choices and decisions that we make each and every day. I encourage you, daily abide in Christ. Make that a commitment for yourself in this next season of fruitfulness, in this next season of growth, in this next season of maturity to abide in Christ. Begin every day with, Lord, abide in me. Which means, however, that we must be vulnerable to him. We must embrace his word. We must have fellowship with other believers and maintain those relationships. I in you. Wow. Hello. The Savior of the world wants to abide in us. What a powerful word. And yet it can just glaze over our eyes with consummate ease if we don't intentionally work towards it in our life. The quality of our Christian life will always be a mirror reflection of the quality of your relationship with Christ. It is simply defined by the nature of your relationship with Jesus. We can always make choices, but not fulfill them. You are not responsible for the power to carry everything out. God is. You depend on him to carry you through. If you try to do everything on your own, guilty on occasions, guaranteed one result, you will fail. However, if you embrace the fact that God is working in you and you're abiding in Christ, then the fruit will always come naturally because he himself produces it in us. If we abide in Christ, we will abide in the fruit. Otherwise, we become barren. Because when we abide in Christ, we are always at the center of God's will. It is impossible to abide in Christ and be outside of God's will for your life. When we abide in him, he will open our spiritual eyes Open our spiritual ears to see where and how He is working in our lives. He doesn't want us to sit down and write a list of 100 things that we want to do and goals and decisions and then invite Him to bless our goals and plans and decisions. He wants us to seek His face. He wants us to abide in Him and Him in us. And then He will guide us, He will lead us, He will help instruct us on the decisions that we need to make. When our hearts are right with him, he will always reveal to us where he is working. And so my question for you this afternoon is, where is he working in your life? Verses seven and eight, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, whatever you ask, you wish, sorry, it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit And so prove to be my disciples by this. I love the first two words in verse 8. By this, by what? By us doing everything in verses 1 to 7. By this, my Father is glorified. God will always answer your prayers according to his will. He makes that very clear in verse 7. When you give Christ the desires of your heart, then all you do will always be touched and controlled by his love, because we will take a moment to adjust or reevaluate or reconfigure, if you like, our lives to his will when we come to him in prayer. Now, this is not the name it and claim it areas of life that people embrace. It is actually not us being selfish. It is ultimately our hearts cry, Lord, where are you working in my life currently? because you will always see God at work in your life if you're abiding in Christ now every prayer is in the name of Jesus we know that it will be done with his accord how do we demonstrate that well verse 8 makes it very clear to us clear to us by this my father is glorified how and why when we demonstrate Christ likeness it's not an activity that glorifies God it's our character it's our integrity it's what's going on inside of us. It's our heart. He knows all and sees all. Never associate movement with progress. You've heard me say that before. Don't think that you have to do a lot of stuff often in order to achieve something. A certain group of people ran around somewhere or other for 40 years, and where did they end up? 300 yards down the road, probably. The reality is what glorifies God is your Christ-like character. That's what honors him. That's what will ultimately bear fruit. But let me tell you this. If you've got a Christ-like character, the next step is always that you will bear fruit. You will serve him more meaningfully, more intentionally, more consistently as well. Because a natural overflow, a natural outworking of your Christ-like character is you bearing more fruit for him. That is all that he asks you to do that you bear fruit for him. If you abide in him, he will produce the character in you. And there's a union there that we need to partner with God, that we will always keep on bearing fruit. So it's not a process that has a a finite start point and end point. No, we will keep on until we go to glory. We will keep on bearing fruit for him. It is a continuous cycle of growth and fruit bearing. In Christ alone, we all know the hymn, that is where our value, our peace, our direction, and our grace is. It is not found anywhere else or any, with anyone else. He saved us for a defined purpose and destiny. And I want us to walk into the fullness of that today. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and prove to be my disciples. I love that. He set a standard And he's not changing it for anyone. So this is the standard. We want to prove that we are his disciples. Achieve this. This is what he calls us to do. So let's be clear. The best and most productive life that you can live is one where Christ is at the center and whereby you are producing fruit for him. And so the thought for us this afternoon is if we are not producing fruit, logically there's one of two reasons. Either we're not connected to the vine or we feel that we have somehow been cut off. For something to grow and fulfill its potential, you always need the right conditions. If you were to plant a a plant, it needs to go into fresh soil, you need to water it, it needs sunlight. You know, there are certain elements that are mandatory for that thing to grow. It starts with you and it starts with me. I want us to diligently work in every area of our lives here. Remind yourself that your vineyard is your workplace, your family, your friends, your cell group, the people that you interact with on a regular basis, whatever the state of your vineyard, I guarantee you this, any changes will be a result of you intentionally and consistently asking God to help you, to lead you, to guide you. And if you want to grow and bear more fruit every single morning, your heart's cry will be, hey, Father, what is the next step that you want me to take today? Never get idle in your journey with Jesus. Never settle for mediocrity or comfortable Christianity, where I punch in at nine o'clock and I punch back out at 10.30 and I might go to my cell group and that's it. No, we are called to bear fruit in this world and to love the way that Jesus loved. We're called to generate the optimum conditions in our lives to allow fruit to emerge consistently and with excellence. Amen? So not just, I'm going to be compassionate for the next 20 minutes until he shuts up. No, you're going to be compassionate, period. Amen? Amen? because that's who Jesus is. So if you have any issues with anything I'm saying, take it up with him. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) That's probably a word for one or two people. I don't know. I'm joking. But I want to ask some questions as we draw our our time to a close this this afternoon. What is the quality of the soil that you're currently growing in? If you were to think about your own life, your own conditions, your own environment, What's the quality of the soil? Would anything grow in that environment? What is the spiritual atmosphere that you breathe in every day? Is it one of control and aggression and frustration and division? Or is it one of compassion and kindness, building one another up in the body of Christ? What environment are you setting? Pastor Collins always said that we are to to set the temperature, not take it as Christians, right, in our workplace. And I think that's so true. And it's something we need to explore and examine again in our own lives. What are the challenges that we need to overcome? The weeds, the dirt, the things that are unhealthy that are stopping us growing. Because the only life worth living is the one that Jesus has for us. It is a life that always benefits other people. If you sit back in your Christianity and just appreciate and receive all that God has for you and keep that for yourself, then you are simply missing out on what the body of Jesus Christ is called to do. You're missing out on the joy of serving other people, both inside and outside the body of Christ. There's absolutely no distinction here on who we're called to serve. But when we are united in Christ, we are one with him because our identity is wrapped up in him. He is the only source of our spiritual life. And when we are united with him, we are ultimately identified with him. And therefore, the fruit of that vine will always be a natural overflow in every part of our lives. And here's the beauty, God will always help us grow. Amen? God will always help us grow. The question is, is there willingness? Never forget opposition. He is the vine, we are the branches. He doesn't even task us to grow but that we actually take care of everything that we have, we cultivate it, so God himself can do the growing in and through us. God wants this house, KTLCC, our vineyard, to be the finest vineyard ever, right here, right now, in the season that we find ourselves in. And so if you believe that you are a member of KTLCC, I implore you, as a disciple of Christ, stay connected to him, the one true vine. Embrace your God-ordained role and responsibility as a branch on that vine. We are vessels and channels for God's grace and love to manifest out of every area of our lives. Why? Because this will facilitate divine opportunities for those who don't yet know Christ to experience the best of God's love, the best of God's grace through you and through me. And in doing that, guess what? They're going to want to get to know the vine dresser himself. Amen, amen, and amen.